0: Power Sour Hour with Jazz. I'm Jazz. I use he him pronouns and this is a podcast about sour gummy candies and the people that love them. There's a couple of reasons I'm making this podcast. The first is that I do have a vast and unending love for sour gummy candies and all of their variations and I wanted to share that with you and the three other people that are listening to this. The second is that I've been really struggling at my job lately with burnout and the sense of being disconnected from myself, from my creative energy, and from a joy in life. And why not explore one of the things that brings me the most joy uh, in order to find that part of myself again? So this is all about sour gummy candies. Thank you for joining me. Let's dive in. Why candy review? Well, I love candy and really enjoy it. And as someone who indulges in candy quite often, I have some really strong thoughts and considerations when it comes to buying a new package of candy and wanted to give others the information that they need to make the best choice about their sour gummy experience. In order to get you that information, You need reviews. You need to know what you're getting into. And there hasn't been much kind of happening on the candy review front for a little while now. I want to acknowledge the rich history of candy reviewers, bloggers, and podcasts that came before me. Let me take you back to 2005 when candyblog.net came on the scene. Created by Cybele May, The tagline was, open your mouth, expand your mind. And she had this going on for 10 years. Over those 10 years, created hundreds of in-depth reviews, which included photographs and her opinions about all of these candies. Candies, chocolates, pretty much any sugary confection under the sun, she had a review on it. She also created Candyology 101 with two other women. So two of them were candy bloggers. One of them was a foodie blogger all talking about specific candies. Candyblog.net also had one of the more extensive rating systems for candies, which I'll touch more on later because I actually borrow from her rating system. The other big candy presence came on the scene in 2014, Ms. Candyblog, where candy is always in vogue. She was one of the first big candy YouTuber, live streamer, and got really hooked up with that business and with World of Wonder, which is the production company for RuPaul's Drag Race and RuPaul himself. So she was pretty big at her um, candy game. Sort of interesting connection between queers and candy and candy reviews. So I'm glad that I am following the tradition or building on that tradition of LGBT candy reviewers (laughs) i think it's important that before we get started i talk a little bit about defining what a gummy candy is because when we think about gummy candies here in the united states we mean a lot of different things it's kind of non-specific it's a very broad and diverse candy category but when gummies were initially introduced it was a very specific term So gummies with an I, G-U-M-M-I, from the German for rubber, were invented in 1920 by Haribo. Gummies with an I are made with a base of gelatin, which is why people can say that their candies are fat-free or low calorie because they're created with a protein. Another candy that is underneath the umbrella of gummy candies, gummy with a Y, are actually jelly candies, which have a base of carbohydrates like pectin, tapioca, potato, arrowroot starch, and all of these other things. The difference in these you can observe in the wild. You can get some gummy worms, you can get some Swedish fish, and you can try tearing them apart. Gummy worm is gonna have a clean break. The Swedish fish is gonna have kind of a messy tear to it. And that's how you see gelatin from the carbohydrates. I think that it's important to use the overall, again, umbrella of a gummy candy because some candies that we think are fundamentally gummy candies are actually jelly candies. For example, Sour Patch Kids, which is a staple of a sour gummy candy, is actually a Swedish fish that's been sour-sanded. Sour-sanding is the process of adding citric acid, tartaric acid, and sugar to the outside of the gummy candy, And that citric acid or tartaric acid activates your salivary glands, increases the production of saliva, and then makes my mouth really water as I'm talking about this. Throughout the podcast, I will do my best to tell you whether it's a gummy with an eye candy or a jelly candy. But overall, I'll be using, again, that umbrella term of the G-U-M-M-Y as we move forward because I think that all of them really count as sour gummy candies. Now that we've got our foundation of information, history and definition, let's move into how we'll be rating these candies. I'll be rating these candies on visual, smell, texture, taste and flavor, overall impressions and opinions. This is also gonna include information about their packaging, how much it is and then kind of where you can find it or our other stuff that I want to let you know. I'll be using the rating system from candyblog.net for overall rating. Cybel May came up with this excellent scale that I really love. It goes from 1 to 10. 1. Inedible. 2. Appalling. 3. Unappealing. 4. Benign. 5. Pleasant. 6. Tempting. 7. Worth it. 8. Tasty, nine yummy, and ten superb. I have noticed with candy reviewers that often they will eat the candy as they're doing their review. I hate ASMR and I hate uh, chewing noises, so I will not be chewing on Pod, but will do my review after my tasting. This week we'll be reviewing 7-Eleven Select Sour Watermelon Wedges. This is technically a jelly candy, but again, falls under the umbrella of gummy candies. To begin with the packaging, imagine walking into the 7 Eleven, seeing a bag, 3.5 ounces, a red pink splash of color. On the front, the 7 Eleven Selects logo. Within it, you can see an idyllic scene of three little sailboats with watermelon wedges as sails. Moving underneath the idyllic San Francisco Bay Bridge, there's a window where you can see all of the little watermelon wedges waiting for you. On the back it says "sour and fun treat without the heavy lifting." Not sure what that means. <laughs> These are on sale for 1.29 or 1.49, but they are not part of the 2 for $2 7-Eleven selections at this time. On to the appearance. So we open up the bag and toss out a little individual wedge. Each of them look like a little watermelon slice, triangular but with rounded edges. It's got two different colors. There's a green rind color and a pink watermelon flesh color. They're about two to three centimeters thick and I think they're made of laminate sheets, so three different sheets. You can see the striations in some of the pieces and they have a very thick sour sanding on them. Next, smell. I open the bag and always want to get kind of a waft of the scent of what I'm initially getting into. So opening up the bag, wafting in, it's a very round artificial smell, not pungent. It's not a mushroom cloud of assertive smell, just kind of like a big watermelon scent like if a watermelon flavored LaCroix was a smell. Made me think about when I was a kid and going into Baskin Robbins and sort of that same sugar smell, artificial flavor and color sort of smell. So I'm into it. Each individual piece has very little individual smell. Going to taste the little wedge, Little Wedge's watermelon flavor. There's no difference between the green color and the pink color. Uh, It's all the watermelon flavor. There's initial burst of flavor among first putting it in your mouth and definitely that tartness, that mouth watering on the front and it lingers throughout the taste. It kind of fades out, sour fades out as you chew and the watermelon flavor starts to go a little flat, a little one-dimensional as the sour gets taken away. I'd say that the sour level on this is a four, so kind of a standard amount of sour, maybe a little more mild than usual. Looking at the texture or feeling the texture, the wedges are very dense. Does not have a whole lot of give if you pinch it. Reminds me of like a mechanical pencil eraser denseness and that's particularly present if the slices are a little bit colder. There is a big debate about the proper temperature for gummies, but uh, I'm not going to get into that now. You can easily bite through um, the slice. There's not a lot of initial resistance. Um, Not much tear. It's a firm initial bite, but a soft chew overall. Again, you can taste here the incomplete adherence of the sour sanding, and it's really smooth without the sour sanding. Not a texture that I'm into. It's very sticky, adheres to your teeth, really sticky in the mouth, something that I feel like I need a lot of floss for but it's not chewy to the extent that I'm worried about losing my crown or other fillings. Overall notes on this flavor, it's not a candy to double up on. Sometimes I find the flavor enhanced or sourness enhanced if I eat two pieces at one time of sour gummy candies. Not the case uh, for these watermelon wedges. Definitely individual. That way you can make sure to get more of that flavor overall. Also not a candy to savor. The flavor is bigger initially, more explosive initially. So best eaten whole or maybe having the piece in order to continue enjoying that flavor and that initial kind of burst of flavor from it. Overall, I'd say that my score is a solid seven. So I think that this is worth it. I'd say that it's worth it based on both the texture. It feels really good to bite into. And also the flavor. The watermelon is pretty inoffensive. And with the sour, definitely a super tasty treat. Overall, seven worth it. For the price, I'd say 129 to $149. you are getting the most out of it. And if it becomes a part of the two for $2 deal at 7-Eleven, with the, their gummy candies, I'd say buy two packs of them, something you won't regret. At this point, I'd like to introduce a segment called Dear Elizabeth Warren. Dear Elizabeth Warren, I feel petrified about the direction that our nation is moving. I watched Our Planet on Netflix with my best friend, and we felt paralyzed by the reality of global warming. I watch the news about infighting with Democrats and the inability for us to begin impeachment proceedings. And I am watching PBS NewsHour every single night and then end up weeping at one o'clock in the morning because I don't see how things can change and I feel helpless and hopeless. But after I start weeping, I remember that you are running for president and I change the channel to your speeches or reading your website and seeing that there is someone who I believe in there is someone who I think could be a fantastic president who could stand up for what I believe in and change the way that our nation is moving so every single time I find myself at 1 in the morning I watch your stuff and then I go to your website and I donate $10 I bought one of your t-shirts I cut it up. I put it on the back of my denim jacket, which I realized I can't wear to work anymore because we can't express political affiliations. But I feel like I have to be as involved as possible so that the day after the elections in 2020, I know that I did every single thing that I could to help create a better country, that I did everything that I could to make sure that there was change. I don't think I could live with myself otherwise. So thank you, Elizabeth Warren. Thank you for continuing to be you, be smart, be brave, be bold, and make the future a little more hopeful. And now, recommendations. I have two recommendations this week. The first is kindness. I work with a couple of folks that are undocumented. And two weeks ago, before the ICE raids, I sat there with them and realized I couldn't say it was gonna be okay. I couldn't tell them they weren't gonna get deported. All I could do was listen to their fears and then say, how are we gonna manage your anxiety around ICE showing up at your door? So just remembering that there's so much hurt and so much hardship and people deserve kindness, and we deserve kindness for ourselves too. My second recommendation is Korean skincare products. I have super greasy skin and have never been able to find like a moisturizer or something that works with my skin. I've also never been able to find like a good face sunscreen. Recently, when I was turned on to Korean skin products, I found a moisturizer, I found a new sunscreen, And it's just working so well with my skin. So I'd recommend people checking those out and embracing skincare, embracing sunscreen. Sunscreen every day on your face, on your arms to protect yourself from cancer. (laughs) And that's it. Thank you so much for joining me, for listening to my silly podcast. And I hope that you enjoyed it and maybe I'll see you in the future. Bye.